Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. There's a fine line between mothering and smothering. There is no parenting manual. So God is picking on you, is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. I don't want to play till he throws too hard and I get nosebleed. Don't be just a parent, be a friend. But just for the record, Dad, you've never done anything for me. It's always been about you. I'm Jim Byrne. You know, there are a couple of milestones in a young man's life that serve as benchmarks. Let's see, it's age 13, he's officially recognized as a teen. At age 16, a young man can get his driver's license. At 18, he has to register for the draft, which many people recognize as the first act of a man. As a parent, are there any spiritual benchmarks that you've set for your young men? Well, stay tuned because we're going to talk about what you can do to help your son become a man. That's next on Homework. From the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert, Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh, and in just a moment, part one of Jim's conversation with pastor and author Rick Bunshu. Uh, going to be talking about raising boys to become men. This is a topic that is growing in concern uh, in the nation. More and more people are actually being more intentional about this. You know, what's the role of masculinity in the culture uh, that has kind of backed away from it for the past couple of decades. And, and here at the church, we have a goal an opportunity to be at the forefront of kind of reintroducing the culture, not only to masculinity, but what it looks like from a biblical worldview. And that's what this discussion is all about. I want to thank you for your prayers and faithful financial support of Homeward. If you'd like to give a gift online, you can do so at homeword.com. And now here's Jim. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Today, we're talking about a most important subject, raising boys to be men. You know, boys just don't develop into strong, godly men on their own. They need help from their parents, and the church plays a very vital role in this. And today, we have a great guest. He's one of my very special friends. His name is Rick Bunchu. He's the teaching pastor at Kauai Christian Fellowship in the beautiful island of Kauai. Here in Hawaii, and we're actually there today having a conversation uh, about this uh, about this topic. He wrote a great book called "Passed Through the Fire." It's a book about guiding boys into manhood. You know what? Even if you have a very small boy, you need to hear this conversation. It's going to be a great one, Rick. Welcome. Thank you, Jim. Or should I say, you welcome me because here I am in Kauai. I'm in your territory, That's probably right. the most beautiful spot in the world. I, I've told many people that I think this island is the most beautiful spot in the world. I love your book, Passed Through Fire, because it's a book about manhood. And, and what I'm finding, and I know you know this much better than I do, is that you know boys have a tough time becoming men today, don't they? Yeah, well, there is nothing in our culture that really gives a boy a handle on when they've crossed that line. You know, there really isn't. I mean, in, in the old days, if you would, there were some more rites of passages. I mean, and you see this in other cultures still today, you know, to a much greater. But what you're saying is there's not a whole lot of rites of passage where they pass from, from boyhood to manhood. No, the, the things that people tend to look at for a rite of passage in our culture are things that we as Christians sometimes sort of repel against. Um, for some kids, it's, it's a sexual uh, encounter or 
or maybe it's uh, getting your license. It, it, it's variety. It's a whole variety. And of those things. are rites of passage experiences. They, some just they, not good. they are. Some are good. Some are bad. Right. But none of them are defining particularly. And, and many of them leave a kid st- still going, well, I, I wonder if I really made it. I, I wonder yeah. if I'm really there. Yeah. Well, you know, when in the 70s, when I was at Princeton, one of the prevailing philosophies was there was not that much difference between men and women and, and young boys and, and young girls. I mean, obviously, uh, physiologically, but they really said there wasn't that much difference. I, I would imagine you would disagree with that statement today. Yeah, I would imagine people said that probably hadn't had kids yet or, <laughs> or weren't paying any attention to the ones they had. Right. Um, I, I think that um, there's hardwired into boys um, a pattern that is... While there might be a few exceptions to that, is is pretty darn common, and boys everywhere seem to to sprout out with some of the very same stuff, and I think girls as well have. Well, uh, what are some of the characteristics for a boy, for example? Well, a boy starts out, a little boy starts out, of course, a lot more energetic and exploring the world than than a typical girl does. Anybody who's had children oftentimes will comment, "Boy, this I had girls, but now a boy, I can sure see the difference." But as a boy gets older, um, you begin to see him moving in directions, particularly at that stage where uh, he's moving away from where his mother uh, has been guiding him and moving towards uh, establishing identity as, as a little man, going in the direction that, that is, is set for him to go. Well, oftentimes even moms and dads will say, you're my little man. Yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, in many ways, we will come along and affirm that direction for him subtly. But as he begins to do that, he begins to, to, to do things that are unique to boys. Uh, uh, some of it appears to, to be destructive or, or gets into gross type things. Um, Speed, fire, explosions. Which scares mothers like crazy yeah. and some fathers as well. Yeah. Well, sometimes the fathers are right there, right alongside Right, right, helping. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the conflict between the mom and the dad because, well, this is just a boy thing. Right. Yeah. Just a boy thing. And, and he, he begins to, to become a lot more physical, um, uh, a lot more um, brutal in, in his interactions with other boys. Um, boys will do things to each other that... Um, you can't, you're not allowed to do that with girls around because they cry and get hurt. You know, you're, you're so right. I remember when I was young, I had a fight with Kenny Gordon every day. I mean, we really <laughs> fought. We fought every day. And we sort of, you know, we, but we were best friends as well. But we'd, we'd literally p- kind of pound on each other. And yet my three daughters, you know, I live in a home with all women. My three daughters, I don't think they ever got in a fist fight with anybody, you know, all of the years they were growing up. So, so that really is right. It's more physical. Right, right. And, I mean, there's the whole thing with weapons and guns. I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to who had made it a point that they were not going to have guns or any kind of weapons in their house, and much to their chagrin, found their kids had invented guns out of sticks or were using any any long thing they could find as swords or lasers or whatever the the weapon of choice right. happened to be based on the movie they saw. But for some reason, they couldn't get yeah. those weapons out of the hands of little boys, and, and that to me shows that there's an imprint there of something that a boy is called to be. Um, that we need to recognize. Reading your book, which I really love, you talk more about a warrior mentality. I mean, boys kind of have that. They, they go to the extreme. Boys understand right from the get-go that um, they're the ones that have to step up to the plate when, when uh, bravery is called for. I mean, just in, in a home, who's going to kill the spider if dad's not there? <laughs> if I'm not there, my wife is, is terrified of spiders, and so if there's a spider, my son doesn't kill it. He captures it and, and keeps it as a pet and runs around chasing his mother with it. You know, um, one of the things that has happened in the United States especially is that statistics now say that 50% of the American homes will at one time or another not have dad living in the home. And that obviously is a concern to you. It's a surely a concern to all of us at Homeward. What happens when a boy is raised kind of void of a solid male influence? Boys who are raised without men will go looking for men or they will act out in ways 
that are antisocial. There's that great study I, I mentioned in my book that, um, that they did with, uh, among elephants that had lost all the, the strong males in, in, in their herd. And the teenage male elephants just started going nuts, and they were going to put them down. And uh, one of the game wardens said, hey, why don't we take these elephants and move them to a herd that had strong, dominant males? And, and those teenage elephants shaped right up. You find the same sort of thing, ironically, in teenage boys. Yeah. Without strong men around, they begin to act out in antisocial ways very often. And I know in your book you talk about that actually they, some of them times sometimes act out because they don't have those role models. They're, they're aggressive sexually in inappropriate ways. They go overboard because they really don't have that male, uh, dominant male role model helping them through this, this time period in their life. Well, what happens is all the male traits that um, can be brought into order or brought into check by, by the wisdom uh, and guidance of an older male actually become bent and twisted. And so um, the male trait for sexuality that is a good thing and can be a celebrated thing when done the right way perverts and twists on itself and men become sexual predators. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because we could talk about that for a whole program, but I'm thinking about the church right now. And in your book, uh, Pass Through Fire, you talk a lot about the church. You say that many boys, especially, you know, some of the more active ones, are turned off by the church at an early age. And, And a lot of people who are writing us at Homeward and who talk to us at Homeward say, you know what? That, that's exactly the problem. My, my son is 12 or 13 and says church is boring, doesn't want anything to do with church. And I want you to speak to it for just a moment. We're going to take a break in about a minute, but I want you to speak to it for just a moment in terms of, you know, why is that? Why do all of a sudden boys will say, you know what, the church is boring. I don't want any part of it. Probably because the church is boring. <laughs> and I think what they're doing is is just being honest and going, this isn't lighting me up, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not being challenged here. I, there's nothing that's speaking to to my heart as a as a young man or young potential man, mm. and I, I think the church um, stands guilty of of that accusation that many kids have. Now the the question is is if the if that's true, then what are we going to do about it? Right, exactly. You know, I was thinking of Jim Rayburn, who you would know him as the founder of Young Life, who said it's a sin to bore a kid with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and unfortunately, we we tend to do that. And, it, and we probably aren't focusing enough on this. You know what? We're going to take a break right now, Rick. And when we come back, I want to hear your story, how you got involved in the church and how you as a, a man's man uh, are saying that, you know what? Kids can be deeply committed to God and deeply spiritual and at the same time uh, you know, go to the extreme as, as a young man. So we'll be right back. I'm Jim Burns. You're listening to Homeward. We're talking with Rick Bunshue. And our theme today is raising boys to become men. This is so important for parents. We, we think about the father-son connection and understanding that not every family has that dynamic. I mean, you've got a single-parent household. Maybe mom is the primary caregiver. Dad's not around. How do boys have that influence? This is where God calls uh, men in the church, men in the community. If you're a teacher, a coach, any sort of educator, uh, you have a role that you can play in the lives of these young men. And moms play a role in this part, too. Uh, it's so important that we're intentional. That's the key is intention. And one of the reasons why we are not intentional is because we don't understand the foundations of parenting. Dr. Jim Burns has written about this. He's studied this, done research on this for more than 30 years. His book, 10 Building Blocks for a Solid Family, really lays it out for you. This is what the research indicates. These are the 10 building blocks that families need to really thrive. If you'd like to order a copy of Jim's book, 10 Building Blocks for a Solid Family, from Homeward, go to Homeward.com. When you order, a portion of the proceeds actually goes to support our ministry. So go to Homeward.com today. I'm Jim Burns with today's Homeward Snapshot. Parents, see if this sounds familiar. 
Your teenager, who up until now has shown absolutely no interest in going to church, suddenly wants to start attending the youth group. Well, at first you're thrilled, but then this nagging doubt starts eating away at you. Because when your son said, Hey dad, I want to start going to church. I'd like to learn more about the Bible. And what he probably meant was, Have you seen the chicks in this youth group? Sweet. (laughs) Well, it's perfectly normal for kids to go through a stage when they want to go to church for less than pure reasons. But don't worry, they'll get over it. If the church routine doesn't interest them right now, well, develop a regular devotional time with your children. You can make it fun. You can teach the Bible. You can pray together. And again, I say, keep it fun. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be deep. That way, when your daughter asks, Mom, do you think I should volunteer to help Pastor Steve with the youth group? You might be pleasantly surprised to find out that she really means it. I'm Jim Burns. Welcome back to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Today we're talking about raising boys to be men. Not an easy thing. You know, the scripture says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. We're talking about boys, but you know, this is helpful for anybody, and we've got to understand boys. Rick, as a dad of three daughters, I'm very interested in how boys you know, act and react. And I have this concern about the church. And I know you weren't raised in the church, you know, as a young person, but then as a high school person, you were kind of had this incredible rite of passage that brought you back into the church. Talk a little bit about your experience as a, as a young person going from becoming a boy to a man. It actually sort of gelled for me in around ninth grade. I was uh, part of a gang of, of beach kids. I was raised in Southern California in a beach community, and I was fatherless. My father, uh, had been um, absent through alcoholism for a long time and then pretty much just ended up in divorce with the family. And so right in that crucial period where you, you really need the help of a dad the most, there wasn't one around. And um, I, I don't remember consciously waking up in the morning going, wow, am I man hungry? I, I, I don't remember ever telling myself that. But I can see by looking back at my patterns that um, I was very attracted to any kind of strong male leadership. It, it was something that was very appealing to me. But like a lot of the boys my age, we were mostly uh, smoke and mirrors and a lot of bravado and, and a lot of bragging. And none of us had really done much. We just pretended like we had yeah, done Yeah, you were a lot. being a typical ninth grader in yeah, many ways. right. Just full of it. Right. As they say. <laughs> and I can remember we were uh, in class once, and, and the, the teacher, who was also a coach, um, but the teacher of that class uh, was a, a renowned surfer of the old school, very much a, of a old, crusty waterman um, who, who had, in the old days had pioneered surfing in our area. And we were all bragging about surfing, uh, what we could do, which wasn't really much, but how great we were and stuff. And he says, well, you boys really want to go surfing someplace where it's, it'll make a man out of you? And, you know, what are you going to say? No. Oh, okay. So he said, I'll pick you up in the morning. And uh, it was on a Friday when he told us that. And that Saturday morning, he came around his, his rusty old station wagon, and we threw our boards on top. And, there was, and we went to this, this break that none of, us, none of us had surfed at before. It was foggy that morning when we got down there, so you couldn't see anything. But he said, you know, this place only breaks when it gets double head high. And, and you're, you're talking about something that's, you know, probably 12-foot faces. And we were just, oh, no, because none of For us had ever. For our Midwest listeners, that's right. huge. That's huge. None of us had ever surfed in anything right. that size before. Right. We were just we were way out of our league, way out of our comfort zone, and nobody wanted to get in, in the water. And he just turned to us and he goes, okay, which one of you men are going to follow me out? Mm. Oh. And we followed this guy out into, uh, into the fog. And you couldn't just go out there. And it was huge. It was just scary huge. Mm. 
and we could all swim and everything. We weren't in any real danger. We had to take off in a wave, and that was the only way you proved it. And for all of us, it was a matter of, of proving to this guy that what we had boasted about was really true. And, and everybody surfed that day who went in the water. And when we came back, we had bragging rights. But more importantly, we, there was a guy who could, could verify it who was a real man. And, and that was a pivotal experience for me that, that actually made me confident of my masculinity in a way that might seem silly to people. But I, I had crossed the Rubicon yeah, and and it's a great illustration because, and it can be an illustration in many different. I mean, obviously, many people aren't going to have their son surfing because they can't surf where they're at. But there are other, you know, there are other aspects where that son needs that experience because it brought confidence to you as well, didn't sure. it? And there are many ways. I mean, a lot of guys in the Midwest use the first deer hunt, sure, as that sure. kind of a thing. Right. What's interesting about it is uh, when kids are younger, boys or girls. What I like to say is they need a sweet tooth for Jesus. And, and the sweet tooth means they just need a good experience. You know, I know at your church, your kids, I was at your church the other day, and you know, there's skateboard ramps, and there's a go-kart place. And in a sense, when you have it connected with the church, just having a good experience, what it does is it gives them that sweet tooth, and they, they begin to want more because it builds community into it, and, and they, they feel like the church has something more meaningful. Not just games, but, the, but it will move them toward a, a deeper relationship with the Lord as well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one, of course, a, a number of things that they were doing. They were doing a lot of activities that are what I call guy-oriented activities, mm-hmm. um, stuff that was palatable for me, and not only that, but stuff that my friends were like, well, you're going to do that? I want to come too. And as a result, this, this youth pastor, his name's Von Trutchler, was able to attract a remarkable variety of strong males. He had more alpha males you can shake a stick at mm-hmm. coming to his church sure. because the stuff he was doing was attractive to them, mm-hmm. and here's a guy who was modeling what a real man right. was like right in front of him. And what happened is we were attracted by one thing and kept captive by another yeah. because the, the thing that attracted to us, us wasn't the thing that held us captive. The thing that held us captive was here's a guy living on another level, which we discovered was a Christian level, and living out the things about Christianity, presenting to us the things about Christianity that were remarkably challenging and those things were real appealing um, and still are appealing to me as a man. Rick, if there's a mom or a dad out there who are listening and their son really may be thinking that the church is boring, what kind of advice would you give them to move in that direction if perhaps their church isn't really the church that you're describing or their youth worker isn't the youth worker that you're describing? Of course, the first thing one would hope for is you could get in and begin dialogue mm-hmm. and, and begin moving a church in that and direction. And have a conversation because right. it makes a lot of sense once you, have a, once you have the conversation and somebody just may not understand it. Sometimes um, somebody needs to come along and, and begin to invent some of those kinds of things that will be attractive to boys, and particularly in a smaller church where um, you have a lot of volunteers doing youth work anyhow. Well, maybe maybe one of the, the men needs to come and say, you know what, I'm going to start a car repair club for boys, or, or somebody's going to uh, get the, the bicycle motocross thing going or a skate park built in their backyard or whatever it is, uh, whatever their area of interest is that would that boy, would appeal to boys. And they make it open and make it part, stitch it into the church mm. as sort of a, a offshoot of what the church does. Mm. That would be one way. If if you uh, are basically end up rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, the deck chairs on the Titanic, then sometimes you need to find a place that's that's doing it. And, and I, I'm very hesitant to recommend people ever step away from a church where they've made their commitment. But um, if, if the church is, doesn't have the vision 
for our young men, we need to stop and consider. And if they won't wake up to that, um, sometimes it takes even drastic action. Rick, I'm thinking about a mom I know, and uh, her she's struggling with her boys right now. And her, her husband has left her, and he is sort of present, but sort of not present. And even when they were married, he probably didn't do a, the job that moving them from a boy to a to man in the proper way. You know, what kind of advice do you give to somebody like that? Moms who uh, have a boy who need a man need to put their sons in a place where men operate. And that might be a sports type deal where they get them on a team where there's a strong male coach. Maybe a teacher that they can connect with, um, a youth pastor, a neighbor, a relative, uh, uh, even a grandpa. Somewhere where a man is doing things that men do and somewhere where a boy can begin learning skills at the hand of a man and getting the wisdom and advice that comes from hanging out with men. Those places you have to look for, they don't just normally come to you. A church, of course, if they're proactive, can begin to create some of those environments. And most churches who have youth pastors, probably 99% of those youth pastors are are men. And uh, that's a good place to start. And sometimes I'm picking up the phone and calling a youth guy and, and making him aware, hey, my son needs a guy to hang out with. And most youth guys are happy to. What I hear you saying is be proactive about this. Yep. There are so many more things we need to talk about. Um, let's uh, close this session, but can you come back and talk again about you know really some of the real practical ways that we can move uh, young boys to becoming the kind of godly men that uh, really the Scripture talks about? You bet. We've been talking with Rick Buncho. He's the pastor of Kauai Christian Fellowship in Hawaii, one of the most creative people I know. This particular book, and there are loads of books by Rick Buncho, is called Pass Through Fire. It's a book about guiding boys into manhood. And, you know, I want to tell you that as I read this book, it really challenged me. And it challenged me in terms of how I would approach boys, how I would approach men. Actually, when I read the book first time, it was right when I was speaking with Promise Keepers. And it actually made me change my talk because I realized there was a lot of testosterone in that uh, arena. And uh, and they needed a courageous Jesus and not a just a tame uh, God, but one that wasn't so tame. And uh, And I really appreciate Rick's input. Absolutely, and we're looking forward to the second part of this uh, conversation. It'll be on the next edition of the Homeward Broadcast. If you're podcasting with us, you already know that. You already have the program because we uh, put the podcast programs up about a week in advance. So if you'd like to kind of be in the loop that way and jump ahead of the class, you're more than welcome to. Uh, To podcast with us, by the way, you can search us on iTunes, go through the millions of broadcasts there and find us that way. Or you can go to Homeward.com, the radio section, hit the podcast button and start your subscription that way. Jim, someone's been listening during the past half hour and they say, boy, this sounds really great, but so what? How do I do this? I mean, give me some real practical tools. So take the final moments of our time together here and just keying off on what you and Rick talked about, give us some tips on how we can put these in practice. Well, Roger, there are so many things that parents can do to celebrate their son's progression into manhood. And I think the same thing goes for daughters, although today we're focusing on on men. You know, one of the ideas that I love is an idea that just happened for me. A friend of mine had a son who I'm involved in their family's life and in his life. And he invited five of us over for a barbecue. Uh, we had great fun and laughed and, and teased around. And then we sat down and put the son in the middle of the living room. And all five of us spoke words of, of wisdom, encouragement, fun, laughter, uh, meaningful conversation where actually there was even a couple of tears. And you know what? For that young man, he has said to his dad over and over again that that is something he will never forget. It's so simple. It was a barbecue and it was a conversation with a couple of adult men in his life who loved him like crazy. Another rite of passage that every parent can do is to celebrate one of their sons or, frankly, daughter's milestone birthdays, 13, 16, 18. They can do it at a graduation. For example, at the graduation of high school, we had an adult party as 
well, and the adults wrote notes of encouragement, just like I was talking about earlier, but these were on paper, and then we created a little notebook for our daughters and gave them that notebook as something that they can you know, look at over and over again. Words of wisdom, words of encouragement. It's amazing how far those words will go, and authentic words of encouragement too, Jim. I know you stress that so much. A lot of kids grow up in environments where false praise is the order of the household, and then they go off to college in the real world, and they find out that maybe they aren't as special as they thought they were. So it's so important for us to be authentic in this area. We're looking forward to the next edition of the Homeward Broadcast. We'll be talking again with Rick Bunshu, uh, author of the book Pass Through Fire, talking about raising boys to become men. Uh, we encourage you to check us out online at homeward.com where we're streaming audio of this program. Also, if you'd like the full-length audio CD of this broadcast of part one and part two, actually, we put them all on one disc. All you have to do is drop us a line, write to us at Homeward, Post Office Box 1600, San Juan Capistrano, California, the zip code 92693. Include a gift of any amount in support of our ministry, and we'll thank you for that tax-deductible donation by sending you a copy of the audio CD of this program on Raising Boys to Become Men. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward, where parents get real answers. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.